0: to Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. Listen for commentary, interviews, and information on how to grow your business. For all the details, contact BusinessScaleInsightsNetwork.com. So, Empire Builders, are you ready? Here's Kimberly Marie Bonner.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Business Scale Insights. I'm your host, Kim Bonner. And today I'm so honored to have Glenn Benjamin on the podcast with me. How are you doing, Glenn?
2: Fantastic. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. And we're both in sunny South Florida, although it looks like it's kind of getting cloudy. But um, I'm really excited to have Glenn on today to talk about creating resilient organizations. In light of all the craziness (laughs) that's happening in our world with COVID-19 and everything else, uh, I really wanted to take um, the next several weeks. I've already recorded one podcast focused on creating resilient leaders, but I really think um, we need to spend a little bit more time talking about also creating resilient organizations and businesses, uh, particularly during a time like this. And, I've worked with Glenn briefly in South Florida, and even though we haven't worked together long, it's clear to me that he knows his stuff. So I want to introduce him to my podcast audience, and I know you guys are going to learn a lot from him. So uh, without further ado, Glenn, could you introduce yourself and, and share more about your very interesting background and your current work?
2: Sure. Love to. And again, thanks for the opportunity here. So uh, I have a variety of roles and I'll, br- I'll break them down to a couple, three of them. Uh, one, my day job is with a IT service provider, uh, IT consulting and, um, and uh, uh, managed services. Uh, it's called LAN Infotech. It's a company has been around about 10 years here in the South Florida area, but they go back much further. I also happen to be a board member of Tech Lauderdale We are trying to drive technology or tech inside the South Florida space, but don't get caught up on just being tech because we do a lot of things to help drive business. And I also carry this strange little title that Tim heard about and she even scratched her head. What the heck is he talking about? I'm also a certified business resiliency manager. So I think that's what probably, you know, got us going here. Once you heard, I had this strange little title. Absolutely. I was, I was Absolutely. Later.
1: Okay. Well, um, the bottom line is, you know, you and I've had conversations a couple of times and, um, you know, the, the, the big reason why you're on the podcast is that you know when we talk about resilience a lot of times or building resilience within organizations, larger organizations generally have business continuity plans, they have disaster management plans, they have crisis management plans, but many times small businesses do not, and this whole kind of dance and conversation that you all you and I are having started when you made a comment during a presentation that I made that you believed smaller businesses really weren't as prepared as larger businesses. And I completely agree with you. Um, And here we are in this massive kind of once in a lifetime pandemic situation where we might lose, you know, maybe a third of our small businesses total. And then in the minority community, you might lose 40 to 50%. Um, And it's kind of a crisis situation. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And and those businesses really were not uh, prepared in many ways for this crisis. But at the very least, I think, um, hopefully, if it's not too late, we can try to build resiliency um, with those small businesses in particular that remain. So that's really the impetus for this whole um, podcast series. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do you, since you are Mister Resilience, <laughs> how do you define resilience? Well, I, I want
2: to give you a quote before we start, if that's okay.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: And the quote's from a gentleman we all know by the name of Warren Buffett. Oh, and wonderful! We all say he's pretty smart, right? Would yeah. we all agree? And and this is what resiliency really boils down to, and I'll I'll quote right from here, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. And I'll be quiet for a moment, right? Mm -hmm. Your whole reputation in the matter of seconds or minutes could be completely flushed. Um, and And when we talk resiliency, and by the way, this will not be a technical conversation today. I I hope you're good with that. I really just want to talk about what businesses need to be considering. And even the term bad press nowadays, that that's an incident that you may not be able to recover from. So there's a lot of things that go into this resiliency conversation. And I just wanted to set the stage. So we good so far?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So you want a definition and this is going to be somewhat clinical. But then it starts to branch out. So let's go with it and see what happens. So resilience is a characteristic of a business that, that has to prepare or be able to absorb, respond or adapt and recover to any type of adverse situation or incident, call it what you want, while continuing to function and deliver as intended or, or, or normally. How does that sound as a resilience question or response?
1: Okay. Right? So let me make sure that I've, I've got this down because I'm taking notes myself because I'm also learning with everyone else. So your definition is because the characteristic of a business that includes preparation, um, responding and adapting to adverse incidences while continuing to function normally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Or, or,
2: or as normal as possible, right? Okay. And then, and then the back, and then the second part of this is, uh, there's a lot of preparation involved. We also have to make sure the business recovers. And the key success factors in building a strong resilient framework is being able to adapt some form of prep, uh, what we'll call predict, uh, I can't even say it predictive, you know, have some idea what's going on. Because there's an ever evolving threat or incident, anything in this landscape that are really unknown. And I've been a CBRM for a long time. I had a friend that said, "You need to go get this title. I didn't understand it." And you know, it's all talk, it's all about business impact analysis. What's most critical in your business? And when we did this for years and years, you know here in South Florida, we would talk weather. And I'm All the right. last person to talk about weather here. I do not get involved with a hurricane conversation because here in South Florida, we won't do anything <laughs> until <laughs> the water starts to come over A1A. I
1: know.
2: You know. It's over the road, it starts to come on the other side, oh, we better call somebody and do something else. Uh and that's why, you know, here in South Florida, forget weather right now. Let's talk about other things that get in the way. So how do you overcome this type of incident is all about preparation. It's all about understanding where I may have some, some low-lying areas that could hurt me. And what am I going to do to fortify my business? Again, notice I'm not talking technical, even though tech is in my background. It's really about a well-thought-out process. Make sense?
1: It does. And I'm a process person. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it it seems like you're obviously a process person as well. The problem, though, is that we are in the middle (laughs) of 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 chaos, the likes Mm -hmm. of which I really I honestly have never seen in my my lifetime. Maybe you have, but I've never seen this, you know, multi level systemic across the board, just chaos, like people really not knowing what there's no plan. There's no, (laughs) there's no, you know what I'm saying? There's really no plan. And, um, or if there is one, they're hiding it, you know what I'm saying across the board? Um, so, so you said your first step is preparation. Well, Mm -hmm. it seems like kind of, we can throw that out right now because I, I don't know about you, but it feels like no one has been prepared. It's kind of a shock well, to me, but it, doesn't it feel like no one has been prepared?
2: No. And, you know, I've, I've kind of turned off the news because it's not helping me. I just get more confused after listening. <laughs> to all, all the talking heads. <laughs> well, here we got to do this. I mean, it changes hourly, it right? Really well, does. It, it really like, does. It's like, well, who am I listening to? What day? What time of day, day a week? And here's what our answer is. So there is still preparation for the business. Because they have to consider what's most important, what's second what's third what's fourth, in other words, what can they not do without right okay what's well
1: okay, so how about so so let's do this yeah. for the for the listening audience if you right. if I were a small business owner and you were you were walking me through this this framework in the mm-hmm. middle of covid nineteen in South Florida and i am a tourism related or tourism adjacent business how would you walk me through this framework as far as preparation understanding fortify what what sure. would be what, how would i do that right
2: exactly and we'll use the term hospitality because that's where hotels okay. and restaurants kind of fall into okay and knowing they cannot operate the way they've done historically and again using my 20 year example what can they do to generate income somehow, some way, be compliant? Because that's also very important in this whole thing. I've got to be compliant to a lot of different folks. What can I do to still operate? And we've, we've seen some really good examples where you're seeing restaurants literally become a grocery store,
1: right. a takeout,
2: um, a delivery using some of the, uh, uh, the ride share uh, programs. Some of those are coming in, um, doing what we can, and, and, and just staying afloat. I mean, there's there's nothing stronger than that right now. It's like uh, how do I how do I keep most of my employees employed?
1: And this and, is what, yeah. And I want uh, to I want to interject right here, um, right. And I and I really want to talk to um, small businesses that have known a level of success in the past. Um, and to them, uh, particularly if they're in the hospitality or tourism business, this is just a cataclysmic failure. And I just want to let you know, if your, your whole job right now is to live, to fight another day, that's it. So Mm -hmm. your whole, so if you have, you know, enough uh income coming in revenue coming in it's just barely break even and you can literally put one foot in front of the other and you can keep the lights on another day you need to have a massive celebration
2: <laughs> exactly i mean i legal. really
1: seriously you need to have a massive like woohoo and that every day you are still able to keep those lights on you need to consider that a massive win and roll back all your expectations, in my opinion, because this is this is a crisis scenario, kind of like um, I don't I don't like the war scenario. But, you know, when I have when I was sick in the hospital, I don't know if you've ever had to fight, you know, a health problem with a friend or family or yourself, Glenn. But when you just are alive <laughs> sure. and you make it one more day, that's a win. That's a real serious win. And people need to really reorient their mindset, um, their business mindset to that right now,
2: to me. Right, exactly. So if you run Tim's uh, Five Star Steakhouse somewhere here in South Florida, you know, what would I do? What, what first thing I do? I t- you mentioned it a little bit earlier, continuity. How do I try to run as if I've always done for all these years, and making whatever adjustments, in other words, being adaptive, being, you know, being able to change on the fly, being agile, whatever, you know, acronym you want to call it, how do I keep doing that? So some of the first things you as a steakhouse owner, and I I hope you appreciate the promotion I just gave you, (laughs) you know, is how do I, how is my supply chain? That's a big piece of who am I doing business with now that's yes. delivering? Can they still do it? And what's my contingency plan if for whatever reason they can't, they they get shut down, they can't operate. So what are my contingency plans for all of this? That's Some of the things you start looking at, um, you know, as far as your employees go, how do I retain as much of them as possible? You know, you're going to have to make some changes, but that's being adaptive. Uh, But you've always got to be watching out for threats, threats being the government saying, hey, you can't be open. You can't be open past eight. Your bar can't be open. Listen, none of us like it, but that's what we have to do. And that in itself is a resilient company that you're building or an organization. Uh, Again, dealing with your vendors. Oh, and by the way, still continuing to reach your clients. And how do you do that when they're shuttered in their homes? It's slowly changing. We're seeing the numbers slightly getting better. But still, there's a lot of bad stuff ahead of us. How do we deal with it, right? I mean, that, that you as a, as a business owner has to somehow consider as you do that. So are we making sense here so far?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay.
2: So what you've got to figure out and you've got to prioritize, that's the hard part here. What's first, what's second, what's third? Whether it's the employees first, your landlord Your utilities, all these things that you may not have control over. What's your backup plan? You know, you want to run a generator? Eh, It could be, but don't want to do that. Any of utilities, you got to have them working, and maybe you have a second of those utilities as a backup plan. Again, this is all about uh, continuity.
1: Uh, Let me let let me throw this out here as a just a hypothetical. That's probably not a Mm -hmm. hypothetical for a lot of people. Okay. We've got COVID-19, um, it's still, um, we're still very much in the red danger zone in Florida and South Florida, as far as our sure. rates are concerned, hospitalizations, deaths. Um, restaurants, indoor dining is, is I, I cannot see in the next four months, just the regulations related to indoor dining all of a sudden changing. Okay, I I just don't see it until really twenty twenty one. I I just don't see like a hundred percent capacity. You know what I mean in South Florida, oh, particularly. Maybe in no. a maybe in a less densely populated, but in South Florida, I just don't see it. No. So if that has been your bread and butter as a restaurant, and you might have limited indoor, you might have limited outdoor seating, and let's say you're going to have fifty percent capacity, or maybe forty percent capacity. Um, that you'll be able to do indoor dining Um, and the numbers aren't adding up. You talked about prioritizing the employees, prioritizing the location and then or the physical, you know, establishment and then dealing with your supply chains. Well, that physical location won't be able to pay for itself. So, if you're in that kind of a very difficult situation, and you just, I'm like, literally, if if Glenn was the owner of such and such steakhouse, how mm-hmm. would you, how would you try to plot out the next three to six months with that reality in mind?
2: So we can't. The odds are we we can't fix that piece of indoor dining. I just don't see a way around it either. You could try to build some outdoor stuff, put some canopies, in, and try to appease people. But basically, people are going to have a tough time just getting out of their house and coming over to you. That's reality. And by the way, my, my family's done a few times. It's been very pleasant. Uh, everybody, the restaurants we've picked and, cho- and chose have been working out fine. So what you've got to find is another way to deliver to your clientele, which is either going to be delivery, takeout. Or you could do some creative marketing and this is where technology might be able to help you a little. And this is about as tech as I'm going to get, but let's say you have people that are walking by your restaurant. They don't know if you're open or not and using some form of wireless technology, let them know there's a special going on as they cross paths of your restaurant, you know, maybe 10 bucks off, maybe a two for one, but trying different things to capture whoever's walking in that area. Did you know we have a takeout? Did you know we have this? So those are somewhat creative ideas. I'm certainly with the rideshare companies that can do deliveries. And, you know, if you can pick up more than the 50% on on the takeout delivery order, I think that's a bonus and that helps keep people moving. And from what I've seen is probably the safest and smartest thing that we have is to be able to work outside of the restaurant because we know people are just not going to get out there on a regular basis, Right, just human nature at this point. It's too scary. I admit it. Um, You know, I'm of the age, I'm borderline where, you know, if I don't have, if I have underlying conditions, no way am I going out, but so far so good, knock on wood. Uh, Everything's been good so far.
1: And the uh, the other thing I would say also is um, beyond the government interventions, like the paycheck protection program and the, emergency assistance loans and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think at this point, uh, small businesses need to start getting very, 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 very creative and self-help oriented related to mobilizing their community to get them to support them during this crisis. So what that means is even if you've already gotten the PPP and you are uh, a mom and pop restaurant, um, that 's limited, even if you got the uh, you know certain uh emergency assistance program and you are a traditional if you 're not ruth chris Steakhouse <laughs> you probably mm-hmm. did not get a whole lot of money so um right. so so if you are in that category, I have been really, really evangelizing and preaching very, very hard that you need to start mobilizing your customers to do something. On either maybe a subscription basis or some kind of modified crowdfunding basis such that you tell them, listen, um, we're we want to be a member of your family and your community for a while. And but the only way that we can do that is with your support, almost kind of like what PBS does. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. we, We don't we don't continue without listener support from viewers like you. Well, you're going to have to maybe do a version of that in some type of crowdfunding campaign where you tell people, listen with if you give us support you know of twenty dollars a month, uh, fifteen dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month, not only when we when everything um, you know opens wide open, will we give you substantial discounts, You'll be on the VIP list, yada, yada, yada. We've got to start creating our own self-help programs because my concern also, um, Glenn, is that uh, we're not we're doing too little for the the small business owner right now. And that is part of resilience to me. Part of resilience is being able to tap into the people who are your customer base and being really, really creative, flexible and nimble and um, coming up with nuanced business models. Um, so who, 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 who says that you necessarily have to just, um, serve your, your, your wares, your stakes, um, it's almost like, you know, you have people who are quasi investors as, as crowdfund, you know, uh, as crowdfunders in the viability of the steakhouse being there, um, after COVID-19 passes. Does that make sense?
2: It makes sense, and when you start looking at your collective neighborhood, how about your competitors? What would be wrong with stri- striking an allegiance with That's your That's true, particularly
1: you know, when it comes this, to space, continual uh, space issues and stuff like that, yeah.
2: Space, parking, all the things that we kind of take for granted. Why wouldn't your block of restaurants, and I'm putting you on Los Angeles Boulevard for today, Uh, You know, what would be the harm of doing I know street fairs might be a little bit risky, but working together to come up with a strategy and say for that 10 or 20 dollars a month, you get one free meal at one of all these restaurants. Oh, I
1: love that. That's even better than the idea that I had. Say that again.
2: Uh, Okay, I, I, I made it up. So so collectively, you and the group of restaurants on Las Olas, I Las Olas. <laughs> um, you, you all put a campaign together that for a monthly stipend a fee whatever uh one of the restaurants you'll get a choice of a restaurant that'll give you a free meal something as simple as that and that would be today i'm not waiting for things to restore exactly I, I'm, not, I'm not overly optimistic that in 2020 we're going to see a whole lot of change maybe little bits and bites but not a whole lot i agree but we can't wait to 21. We've got to do things now exactly. to ensure we're all here because it, it, it's pretty dicey at the moment. And, you know, we're seeing all the numbers and it's not fun. And uh, I, it, let, let's start yesterday or the day before, as far as I'm concerned, how do we help, you know, create this resilient uh, community?
1: I love this. So I I feel like Um, we've hit this whole idea of kind of being adaptive. Like that was a, that was a word that stuck out to me um, when you were talking about the um, hospitality industry. And I think one of the things that has to change, particularly for smaller restaurateurs is that, you know, the competition needs to turn into cooperation um, Mm -hmm. in order to survive as a group. Like you are stronger together. Right. And um, that mindset has to if you don't have that already, you need that now. And that might actually spill over to other industries, maybe in the beauty industry um, uh, and fitness, I don't know, but particularly with hospitality, because I think that's where the fire is burning the the hardest in South Florida yeah. um, that that whole cooperation needs to be there. And I think that's one of your pillars to resilience. I want to make sure that you hit your other pillars as well. I don't want to steal too much of your thunder, but. Um, but it,
2: it doesn't, industry doesn't really change this whole much. Yeah, you're going to make some minor changes, but we've got to start from the top. And whether it's industry associations, chambers, people that we already work with, how do we leverage that? And, and, and again, develop the resiliency. So, uh, I, I mean, I have a few more thoughts if you yes, want me to please, kind please, of please, going. Please. So, so, you know, not necessarily in hospitality restaurant, but it's still the basics. You know, we all need to know, you know, who, what, when, where, why, how, you know, how are we going to survive all this? What are we going to do? Um, what each business needs to really consider, each business owner, is where is my business most vulnerable, right? You, you've got to really be honest with yourself and say, where do I have the most problems? And if it is a restaurant, we've kind of gone through it. But let, let's just make believe you're a brick and mortar company down here in South Florida. And you're having to dispatch your employees to work from home. And in many cases who we're talking to, it's working very well.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, they got to have
2: policies and procedures, which when this started in March, most companies said, just go and take as much equipment as you can carry and get out of here. Mm-hmm. Not well thought out, but that's okay. We're we're helping fix it from there. But what we're starting to see, let's say in the real estate market, is the commercial real estate is mm. suffering because most companies are saying, you know, this work at home stuff now that we figured out worked pretty darn good. Um, so the commercial real estate people are going, I've got all this empty space. We are having people from the north or northeast saying, hey, we want we want to come down to Florida, but that's not going to be an easy fix. However, if I'm in the residential real estate market, it's a boom because I need a larger house typically yes. because I need a full-time office <laughs> and, that
1: and, I don't and, have. And, and, and you're going to have to have a homeschooling kind of setup as uh, well. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and honestly, in the next room is my granddaughter, and she is so thrilled about getting ready for online school next week. <laughs> and it, we've got some webinars we're going to attend to learn how to help do that, um, that that's, it, it's going to be painful, no question. And they're going to, what we understand, the student has to sign in at a given hour and be logged in and be ready for the next six-something hours to be productive and working. And if no, if someone's not home, that's a real problem. we yes. got to deal with that. But, but that's a vulnerability from the education side, no question about it. So what do you focus on and focus on that only to, to help again fortify your home, your business. This plays in any area. Um, I mentioned compliance earlier. Uh, you know, we, in many cases, the local and state governments are looking at how we're operating, got to make sure that I'm compliant, but yet I'm still bringing in revenue. I can cover the bills and, and make sure that this works. Um, and then I mentioned earlier some of the other things about your impact on your brand and reputation. Again, bad press, you know, putting something out there that probably should not have been put out there has hurt a lot of people. And again, this all applies to, uh, you know, agility. It, it, it applies to, you know, uh, be, uh having a, a safe and, and workable business. You got to be resilient when you start looking at all this. And a lot of people have not done that. Uh, I know. I just, yeah. I'll give you a few other things because. I don't know how much longer we have, but no, we don't know, have that you, much
1: time. So go ahead.
2: But so what, what yeah. I'll tell you is you've got to prioritize the business functionality of your organization. I talk work from home, alternate worksite. That's important. You need to have backup vendors uh, for whatever it is you're doing from a supply chain. Um, I'm the techie and I'll just mention computer apps. You know, the cloud has helped tremendous amount of people being able to work from home right now. Uh, it can always get better. And what I will ask any business owner as a CBRM, Certified Business Resiliency Manager, if you have an issue and you're down for a certain amount of time, you've got to ask yourself, how long, how long can I stay out of service before my business will go under? Uh, people need to ask themselves those kind of questions. Um, and again, technology, I mentioned cloud. Backing up your data, boys and girls, please. Don't leave your data just sitting in your office, your restaurant, and not give the right people the correct access to do that, so they can do their jobs. There's a whole lot of stuff we could go on for hours well, on. Well, but this.
1: part part of and and let's just, it's not just backing up data. There's there's <laughs> let's say backing up data for vendors and for, you know, employees and all that other good stuff. But what I've noticed with a lot of small businesses is they don't have critical data for their market. Like they Mm -hmm. don't have critical data for their customers and their community. Glenn, like they are not a lot of small businesses have been caught off guard. Um, Just because you have a relationship Um, on social media and someone follows you on social media does not mean you have their name, their address and, you know, two, two email addresses and a cell and a phone. You follow what I'm saying? There's data and then there's data. Um, Well, and that's a huge part of business resilience. And if there's anything I think that a small business owner can learn coming out of this is I don't think you could ever have too much data. Like the greatest businesses, so let's try to learn from the Amazons of the world and the Facebooks of the world, right? Um, the greatest businesses now and the Googles of the world, they're data companies. Are they not, Glenn?
2: They, they are data mining companies. They, they can drill down deep into this and figure out buying patterns, what people like, what they don't like, and customize marketing. Based on that, and if you've gone to Kim's Steakhouse three times in the past month, uh, Kim needs to know that. Exactly. And if Kim loses that, if Kim loses that data and the credit card receipts and all the exactly. things that don't change, Kim's going. I got to start all over. Does anybody have the paper receipts? No, they got washed up during Hurricane. Exactly. Irma.
1: And the so, bot- and, and I should know. Going back to Kim's Steakhouse. If Kim, if if I if I go or you go to Kim's Steakhouse at a certain time every week, then I should be, my my outreach to me needs to be around that data point. Does that make sense? Like, it, if, it does, if, like you know that I'm going to be, for whatever reason, I eat at Kim's Steakhouse at a certain day and a certain time that you should be tracking that data and you should be developing your relationship with me on that pain point or that customer need. And if there's anything that COVID-19 has exposed, it is that small businesses, mom and pop businesses do not do enough data collection. They don't do enough data mining and they don't do enough data analysis about how and when and, 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 and why their customers are coming to them in the way that they're coming to them. And those that are the most resilient, people are going to be amazed at this. The, the, the businesses that are the most resilient, they're not necessarily going to have to be technology companies, Glenn, but they're going to be technology friendly companies, even if they're hair salons, even if they're spas, even if they're restaurants, even if they're hotels. Does that make sense?
2: It, it, it does, and we're getting the calls You know, at, at my company where you know they've been hacked, they've been breached, or we've never done anything with this data. What do we do? And that's <laughs> a great time. No, this is serious. When you're a three-person shop, it's probably paper receipts and whatever credit card statements that come in. How do you manage that data, and how do you find tipping points? And maybe I come to your restaurant, because of the early bird special on Thursdays and I love coming for it. How do you get your early bird special out there to people like me? Exactly. You know, you know, and I don't want to use the word profiling, but people like me that may come in to, you know, enjoy an evening at your place. Those are things business owners have to do because there's, it's so restrictive. I think we're months away from seeing these restrictions go away. And even if they don't, they should take advantage of what's sitting out there. All you got to do is ask, and someone will come in and help you manage that data. It's it's there for the choosing. I'd rather sell it to them them, than them going somewhere else and buying it somewhere else. Let them come here.
1: Right. So we've talked about a lot, Glenn, and I don't have that much more time left in the podcast But are there, you know, some parting words that you want to words of wisdom that you want to leave with the audience? And then also, obviously, there are some restaurant owners, I'm sure, (laughs) and other other small business owners, I'm sure that want to reach out to you and pick your brain and and they want to become a more resilient organization. And so I want to make sure that you leave your contact information with them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Before I do that. Uh, My my parting shot will be resiliency requires planning, not only planning but testing the plan. I've been to CBRM a long time, and I'll ask somebody got a plan? Yeah, sitting here on my shelf. (laughs) Great. When was (laughs) the last time you looked at it? Oh, about a year ago. See the dust? Great. When was the last time you tested that? And you get the blank stare going. Oh, I've been I've been had, because if you don't test it on a regular basis, how do you know if it works? So you need to consider all the things we just spoke about, revenue compliance, you know, tolerance for downtime. Again, we can go on and on and on. So um, w- what I'll say is if there's further questions, and I'm, pr- I'm pretty easy to find, Glenn, G L E N Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N. On Twitter, it's at Glenn Benjamin. I got a phone number, 954-974-6262. And you can find me on social media anywhere um if you're not if you can't find me that means you're not trying so i am there
1: <laughs> awesome and i'm so thankful that you are um that i know you that you agreed to come on the broadcast today um i cannot overstate how important your skill set is right now and i hope that you do amplify your expertise more and more because again particularly small businesses they just They just don't have it. And we're just at a critical time right now. So I'm excited that um, you were on the podcast. And those of you who are listening, please share this with as many of your friends and your network as possible. And please feel free to reach out to Glenn Benjamin. Uh, We all need his expertise right now. So with that, thank you so much, Glenn. And to everyone else, here's to your success. Have a great day. Thanks, Appreciate it. Bye-bye.
0: If you already have a proven business model, but have concerns about the best way to grow and scale, then you should contact the experts at New Day Consulting Systems. New Day uses innovative techniques to 10 times the impact of your business. Your local business can become a regional, national, or international enterprise. New Day Consulting Systems will show you how. For more information and to get started with New Day, visit the website at NewDayConsultingSystems.com. One word, NewDayConsultingSystems.com. To get your business off the ground and into orbit, contact New Day today. Business Scale Insights with Kimberly Marie Bonner. To get her personal attention to you and your empire go to businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. That's businessscaleinsightsnetwork.com. And tune in again next week for more from Kimberly Marie Bonner with Business Scale Insights.